Welcome to Dog Talk and Kitties 2. This episode is one part of my hour-long NPR show heard every Sunday on WLIW-FM 88.3, the only NPR station on Long Island, where it has broadcast continuously for 14 years. I'm Tracy Hotchner. I wrote the Dog Bible, everything your dog wants you to know, as well as the Cat Bible, everything your cat expects you to know, because I care about people who care about cats, dogs, and other creatures who share our planet. I'm also the founder and director of the New York Dog Film Festival and the New York Cat Film Festival, which travel America and Canada supporting local animal welfare groups. I could not bring you this show without the support of Dr. Elsie's, the privately owned litter and cat food company founded by Dr. Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian who's created a variety of litters to please any cat, as well as inventing clean protein cat foods based on the protein found in cats' natural prey. This show is also made possible with the generous sponsorship of Waruva, the Foreman family-owned pet food company named after their rescued kitties, Webster, Rudy, and Vanessa, where all their recipes in cans and pouches are human edible because they're made in a human food facility. I am sure many people have read about the four thousand beagles taken out of a research breeding facility. I wanted to talk to the very first shelter that took in some of these dogs. And I've waited because I imagine that the influx of so many hundreds of dogs to one shelter, now of the 4,000, 2,000 of them have gone to nearly 50 shelters. That lady, Sue Bell, who's the executive director of Homeward Trails Rescue outside of Washington, D.C., I think was the first person to raise her hand and say, we will make room for them. Sue, welcome to the show. And thank you for the thank great you. job you've done of taking in these beagles on top of what I imagine was already a very full shelter to begin with. Indeed. Well, it's been our pleasure. Thank you for your interest in the story. My interest is multiple. It's to talk about <laughs> the, the care that you're taking and where to place these dogs, whether it's fosters or adopters. And also mm-hmm. we'll talk a little bit to the extent that we can or that we have the knowledge about these these breeding facilities that exist across the country to breed almost entirely beagles because of apparently their their pliability and sweetness to do mm-hmm. absurd research or maybe even no research or the other thing that they're used for which is kind of heinous is the uh, the cloning people don't understand how many beagles are ruined in the process of giving whatever star whatever person thinks they want a, a copy of the dog they already have Let's talk about these beagles and the ones who came to you. If I remember reading, you were most concerned with the pregnant moms. You didn't want them to have to continue to give birth in these facilities. Was that your number one concern? Yeah, in this particular round, it was. Um, I will say that before the 4,000 became available, Homeward Trails was actually working with Invigo, the company, starting back in February of this year to take uh, 500 beagles that they considered excess COVID dogs. And those were dogs that kind of got stuck at their facility during, you know, the slowdown of transport and flights during COVID. Um, So at that point, we were taking dogs that were mostly considered retired breeders, you know, those animals that had been bred and bred and bred and that were no longer of the age or physical ability 
to allow them to be sold. So back in February, we were taking uh, between February and April, we took about 500 dogs. And those were mostly adults ranging from two to six. Once it was uh, once the, the government was involved and, and we learned that the 4000 dogs had to be moved. then yes, we wanted the young puppies and the pregnant pregnant dogs out of there uh, as, as soon as possible. But what you took before, which I didn't know about, were the least adoptable, the least Correct. adorable, the most at risk of not being able to, to transition to living in a home with people, never having been in a home, never having possibly even been out of the crate or the cage that they had spent their entire life in. When you say the government got involved, I saw that HSUS, Humane Society of the United States, which is not a government agency, a nonprofit that, that is the, the umbrella for many of these rescues, whatever, wherever they may take place. And then they partner with you. And in this case, I counted 50 others on their website that are mm-hmm. absorbing some of these dogs. When you say the government, you mean the government, I think, the U.S. government, right? I do, yeah. I'm at the state and the federal level. I mean, thankfully, our our Virginia state legislators had become aware of this company, and we had been working with them uh, probably for over a year now. Um, And one particular state legislator, Senator Bill Stanley, had led this effort, and he had toured the facility several times and actually has has removed himself, I think, four dogs, two of which Wow. Yeah, and he led the effort in our our state legislature to, um, to, to pass five bills. Uh, addressing this particular company. Um, One that specifically said, if you have one more USDA violation, you get shut down. Um, So, you know, our our state legislators were heroes in in tackling this issue and and pushing it forward. And then, uh, you know, our colleagues at PETA had sent in an undercover employee who got footage, video footage of the horrible abuse and neglect that was going on down there. And that obviously took things to a higher level. And thanks to our state legislators and then the Department of Justice getting involved, we are where we are today. So the fact that we are moving 4,000 dogs, which to my knowledge is the largest such movement of animals from one facility, um, is due to a, a village of people, nice. um, conservative and liberals in our state legislature, the federal government, groups like HSUS, Homeward Trails, PETA. Uh, the Virginia Federation of Humane Societies, the Richmond SPCA. We have all been playing a role in this now for over a year um, to, to, to bring it to this outcome. It's extremely impressive. I mean, how often would we see federal, state agencies, departments of government, and overseers of many shelters in your Fairfax, Virginia area, as well as the individual shelters, everybody working in concert Wow, if only the outside world, outside of animal welfare, could work so seamlessly and so clear about what your goal was. Now, Envigo, spelled E-N-V-I-G-O. Okay, so that would be on everybody's don't send them a Christmas gift list. But <laughs> but okay, so they'd get shut down. They already had all these violations. Are they gone? Are they done? Who's Mr. Envigo? Who are these people? They are not done. Um, This is just one facility of many that they have. They are an Indianapolis-based company uh, that was actually newly purchased by their current CEO CEO at the end of 2021. Uh, We were told that in shutting down this facility and removing 4,000 dogs, that it was still less than 1% of their (gasps) overall business. So we feel fantastic for these 4,000 dogs, but honestly, our, our work is kind of just beginning. 
um, you know, I, I had been one of those people that was not highly aware of the number of beagles that were being bred and sold for research purposes in the United States and beyond. So for a number of us in animal welfare, this has been eye-opening, and I continue to learn. Um, I actually am learning a lot from my colleagues at the White Coat Waste Yes, of course. I've had Justin on the show repeatedly. Amazing. Amazing. Those of you who have not had a chance to listen to Justin Goodman of the White Coat Waste Project, I was going to ask you about that, Sue, that that our government, and, and a great deal of it weirdly, like somehow tangentially, run by, motored by Anthony Fauci, which had nothing to do with COVID and vaccines or anything else. He, he personally has lobbied for, I don't know if it's $40 million, $400 million of money, government money, U.S. federal money. So it's really kind of weird that you have the Department of Justice and you have this marvelous senator passing bills, while on the other hand, hundreds of millions of dollars are being poured into this heinous activity that services nobody. The res- much of the research yeah. done is revolting, yeah, pointless. Absolutely. And White Coat Waste is kind of the expert on um, exposing that information. And Homeward Trails and the White Coat Waste Project are going to, in the next few weeks, through the next several months, going to be doing some joint uh, public forums to educate the public and the taxpayers further about these issues. Uh, because one thing we have learned is that the public is generally unaware of this. And now that the light has been spread on these 4,000 beagles, thanks in large part to, to journalists like yourself, uh, we have people asking us, what, what can we do? How yes. do we stop this? Yes. So, again, you know, these 4,000 beagles are just 1% of Indigo's business. Wow. Uh, there are other companies out there um, across the United States breeding uh, beagles and researching on them. And we have, we have got to continue this fight. So we are committed to educating the public and giving them actionable steps that they can take at their local, their state, and the federal levels to address this and tell our legislators on every level that this is not acceptable. It, you know, it's, it, it's curious that, that the primate research, which went on without anyone knowing, and in our in our more ignorant days about animal sentience and welfare and and environment, people said, "Well, it's all for the public good." They're they're curing polio with these chimpanzees in a cage somewhere, but Jane Goodall and others said, "Not so fast." A, you don't need to do what you're doing, and you certainly don't need to do it the way you're doing it. These this dog breeding, you know, we're all up in arms. Oh, puppy mills should should be regulated better. Those dogs should be in better conditions. You know, those cockapoos and multipoos, however many thousands of them. We're talking millions of dogs over decades, all of them almost entirely beagles, because then they have this genetic line that stays the same, but also they're apparently so easy to work with in a a reliable way. And we're, we're the ones funding it. We're talking out of both sides of our mouth because we've had these blinders on. Oh, puppy mills, that's not good. We really want to clean them up and they don't have a nice enough living. No, they don't. That's probably true. And they, you know, at Purdue, they're working so hard to come up with standards for mass production of pet dogs. Meanwhile, you are finding out, and all of us are finding out belatedly, that we've all turned a blind eye to this enormous business 
It almost feels like something during Prohibition where no one knew that there were people still selling liquor and having speakeasies. It's like this is happening in plain sight. Yeah, yeah, it is. You know, and in some ways, shame on us. And and in other ways, uh, you know, there's so many issues in the world that that people are tackling. And um, again, I think the media attention and being able to put an actual face to the issue, and that face is these adorable beagles, makes all the difference. Because what is going on out there is not on our radar until it's right in front of us. And I will tell you, again, using the Virginia legislator, legislature as an example, that these dogs brought together the most conservative and, conservative yes. and the most liberal of, of legislators. Um, they all found common ground to pass the five bills around Invigo in Virginia that they did unanimously. And that does not happen these days, and it has not happened very often in the past. But I think it just speaks to the connection that we as humans have to animals and specifically companion animals, meaning those that we welcome into our homes as family members. And again, I think this is the beginning of a very significant and systemic change. Whether we can shut down all the breeding facilities and the research experiments happening on animals, I don't know that that will happen in my lifetime. I don't know that I feel that positive and that confidence in our ability to really collectively take action against that. I hope we do. But what I will say to your point earlier is that, you know, anybody who has taken a vaccine or a, a, a cold or a flu remedy or had a surgical procedure, we have benefited from those on yes. the backs of animals. And if the research is not going to stop and if the breeding is not going to stop right away, Every single one of us has a duty to make sure that any animal involved in breeding and research and experimentation is kept in the absolute most humane way and treated humanely and made available for adoption after those yes. experiments are done and that we look to non-invasive, non-animal experimentation options that we do know exist out there. We have to demand that our, our governments and these private companies look to non-animal options. And that is where the public is going to come in. Our, our state legislators have influence on what companies they allow into their states and what those companies are allowed to do. Um, you know, just like a pig farm that's, a, that's polluting the nearby river. Right. We, we have a say in that. Um, and while the federal government can seem very overwhelming to people, there is action that you can take at the local level. And that's, I think, what we hope to educate people on, the steps that they can take with their city council, their county governments, their state legislatures. You, you do not have to march to Washington to make change. That's a this really great point, because I think the powerlessness that we feel, moral indignation, outrage, and then powerlessness, and like, what am I going to do? It's this big machinery in Washington, D.C. You make a great Absolutely. point, and I'm really excited that Homeward Trails and White Coat Waste Project will work together to give people a sense that their voice matters. I think to me the most horrid part of this, besides the conditions that the animals are kept in, is that the government is keeping afloat an industry, a very high-profit industry, 
where a lot of the work being done on these animals is completely bogus. It's like, I don't know, mm-hmm. from White Coat Waste Project, let's make up some creepy, weird, awful thing we can study and then spend millions of taxpayer dollars to keep afloat this kind of in the dark. It's like a dark web of of look research, pointless research that just goes round in a circle. And the money goes round and round between our taxpayer dollars to the government, to these private industries. I guess one of the things that could be really valuable when you and White Coast Waste Project begin to really look at it is to identify by name, is it Revlon? Is it JC Penney? Who is right. who is the who are the companies that are utilizing the information that comes from these, from what I can understand, highly, highly questionable research projects. So remember, I don't know, you're surely not as old as I am. I feel like no one's as old as me anymore. I'm kidding. But <laughs> when we, when we were in college and the college kids said, you must divest yourself of Dow chemical stock. That was a, quite a, a big leap from Agent Orange, the Vietnam War, but we did it. As students, we made them divest Amazing. themselves of that stock. We can do that as citizens if we know. Look at the sweatshops, right? And there were brands yep. that, that used sweatshops with children in horrible conditions. Humans treated as bad as these beagles. But then people, when we call out the name, then you you can boycott. You can say, absolutely, I don't want to go. I don't want to go to that store or buy that thing. Just to wrap up, Sue, you still have these dogs. You're going to continue having other dogs. Your website at Homeward Trails, which I'll put a link to, has great information about the various things that count if you really do want to adopt a dog from these situations. We've run out of time, but we've talked about things that really matter and that will matter down the road to all beagles, all beagles everywhere. Let's free them from this the misery that they're in. And, and Homeward Trails is doing a brilliant job. Go on the homewardtrails.org uh, website and read about what you have to think about before you even consider adopting from them or any of the other 50 wonderful shelters taking them in. And as Sue says on her website, there's other beagles, there's other dogs. Don't just get caught up in the, you know, the excitement about this. There are loads of dogs looking for you, right? Absolutely. Thank you so much, Sue. You're doing great, great work. And as soon as you and Justin and the White Coast Waste Project get together, I'm very hopeful you'll come back. I also would like to, to talk to Senator Bill Stanley with your help because he deserves all of the praise that he can get for what he's 100%. done. Right? Thank you so much yeah. again for being here. Thank you for having us. We so appreciate it. Thanks for listening. There are a few more very special companies that make this show possible, and I hope you will support their support of my mission to entertain and educate. Merrick Pet Care, which began as a family-run company in Texas 30 years ago, is still making natural pet food I feed my own dogs. They also provide nutrition to pet shelters in Chicago and Texas and free food for the service dogs for veterans from Canines for Warriors. Cradle, which makes CBD calming products to reduce stress for dogs, using broad-spectrum CBD from U.S.-grown hemp, formulated with a proprietary blend of nutraceutical ingredients. My Wanda Weimaraner couldn't get through thunderstorms without their cradle melts. Earth Animal, which is privately owned by Dr. Bob and Susan Goldstein, creates holistic pet wellness products with an emphasis on their stewardship of the Pet Sustainability Coalition and makes innovative foods like the hybrid dog food, Wisdom, which sometimes is all that Maisie Hotchner will eat. 
Evermore Pet Food, which is privately owned by two extraordinary women who cook dog food from the most pristine human edible ingredients and ship it to your door in frozen pouches. It's higher quality and more ethically sourced than my own food. Thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this shorter version of Dog Talk and Kitties 2, and we'll listen to other episodes sometime soon.